I wake up in the morning and I've got this book on the front dashboard that's got like a, a burn mark in it. And I start looking around and I'm seeing burn marks all over the van. And uh, so I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? I was just like, I didn't think anything of it. So I run out, I grab a coffee. I come back and uh, Trevor's awake. He's just like, dude, last night was insane. I was like, yeah, like what the fuck happened? Like, where are all these burn marks? And he's like, well, in the middle of the night, a van pulled up beside us with and stuck a Roman candle, a lit Roman candle into the window of the van and just let the bulbs bounce around the fucking van, unleashed a full Roman candle into the window of our van. Welcome back, Bannock folks. You're listening to another episode of Bannockdotes, the podcast that holds down for the underground sound here in Ontario, Canada. If you're a first-time listener, we bring primarily musicians on, but sometimes promoters and uh, photographers. Get them to tell some of the wildest stories they have from being around bands and band culture and, and, and all those wild anecdotes they have. We also feature music throughout the episode uh, from the musicians who are on or sometimes from their favorite musicians of the promoters and photographers, but it's all from Ontario, Canada in this beautiful music scene that we have here. And I'm your host, Phil Paxton. Thank you for listening today. We've got a great one lined up for you. Don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review in whatever podcast app you're listening to. You know, make sure you're getting all the updates and downloads for that. Uh, you can follow us on our Instagram at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. For all our fun updates and anything that's going on there, definitely check out there. We also do these episodes on the podcast here uh, called Throwback Thursday, where we feature all the cool and old, nostalgic, defunct bands that aren't around anymore from uh, the area. And we play them, and we have a good time together. So if you're from an old band from Ontario, um, shoot me a demo my way, and uh, let me feature it on the show. Uh, Sometimes if they never made it to YouTube or Bandcamp or or Spotify, uh, sometimes these people would have never heard of these bands. And uh, I know nobody's not always a big fan of their past endeavors, and and especially bands. Um, I'm certainly, you know, I'm not a huge fan of my old band. But there is still the history and the impact that you may have uh, left uh, with your band that you might not even know. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the bands that I feature on the Throwback Thursday episode are, you know, going, why is this guy talking about my band from like 10 years ago? Like, nobody's talking about this. It's because it left some sort of impact on me and I love to share it with everybody. We also do these uh, New Music of the Month episodes where if you've got a new tune coming out, so if you've got a new tune uh, in December or if you get a new tune in January or in the upcoming months, shoot it my way and I would love to feature it. I like to capture all the new music that's come out of uh, Ontario in that month. And uh, sometimes it can be hard without your help. So please send it my way. There's no catch. There's no nothing to it. Uh, just send it my way and we'll play it on the show. That's how we get it done. Now... I do a segment where I try to feature all the shows that are happening in Ontario, but with this new restriction happening, I'm going to 
kind of pump the brakes on that for now. Um, you can definitely listen to past episodes for upcoming events. But for right now, we don't really know what... I mean, some shows have completely canceled entirely. The shows that Banecdotes have coming up, so that's January 1st and 2nd with Hellbent, Wildside, uh, Millspect, all those gigs in, in Warehouse and, and uh, at the Doors. Those are kind of being put on pause for right now. Um, we're not going to cancel them um, just in case we hear something new after Christmas and in between uh, New Year's. Um, you know, by the time, uh, if nothing changes, the time those dates come around, obviously we'll have to cancel it. Um, but worst case scenario, folks, we'll postpone it and we'll make sure that these bands happen soon. Because you know what? Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, I actually haven't gotten to play music yet since uh, these kind of the slow reopening and, and now things are kind of closing up again. Uh, last show I played was uh, March 1st in 2020. I was 29 and <laughs> I'm 31 now. So uh, maybe I'll be 35 by the time I get to play a show, hopefully. But let's be optimistic about it. Let's hope that this is just, you know, some stupid restrictions and let's get back into live music. Get your vaccination. I mean, like, just let's bring live entertainment back because I miss seeing it. I miss performing it. And it's uh, it's detrimental to the music scene. And uh, there's a lot of people who are losing out on money. And some of these people, it's their industry. It's what they do for a living. And uh, we're kind of boned without it. All right, I'll... I'll Quit yapping about that, and we'll get on with my guest this week. This week, we've got Brandon Santee. Now, him and I go way back. We actually played in a band for a bit. We played in a band called Shook very briefly, um, but I knew him, you know, 10 uh, years ago or so, maybe even 10 or 15. It's been a while since we met, um, and yeah, we've always just been playing in bands together. He's playing, play, He played in Camper. He's played in a band called Fights Not Forgotten, Bound and Bury. Uh, he currently plays in Blissfields uh, in a band called Nine Million. Um, yeah, no, and uh, he also had like a solo project that's still uh, fizzling. It's still he's still doing some stuff with it, but he's not doing like he's not super active with it. But that's Bleach Bath, and we're actually gonna get the show started off with Bleach Bath. Uh, this is their cover of Mazzy Stars "Fade Into You."
you doing today, Santi? What have you been up to? Not bad at all. Got that uh, Blissfield just playing that Seaway holiday pre-show tonight. Oh, tonight? So, uh, yeah, tonight at Sneaky D's. So, um, I'm sure this won't come out tonight. So, yeah, December 4th. Uh, but, yeah, playing that. It's my little brother's birthday. So, shout out to him. Happy birthday, Jesse, living out in Vancouver. Just finished working on that new um, Venom movie. Oh, wow. Working in, uh, working in VFX on that. So, yeah, just uh, going to talk to him after I get off this. But, yeah, just getting ready for that show. And, uh, yeah, same old, same old. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I think the last time I saw you in person is when uh, you showed up at Davis's uh, on the Halloween of last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Be- uh, Bleach Bath was doing uh, some stuff. Yeah. Which, uh, which inevitably never came out because I'm a neurotic mess and can't <laughs> write lyrics or vocal melodies, but I can write a million songs. Hey, no worries. That's how it is. No worries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so by now, I've let the listeners know what you do, but tell us in your words what you do for the music community. So uh, I play guitar in a shoegaze band called Blissfields out of Toronto, formerly known uh, as Iris. Uh, I also play drums in a band called Nine Million which uh, has put out a couple songs, has some new stuff coming out soon. And uh, yeah, I also have this thing that I do times called Bleach Bath that hasn't done much since 2017. But uh, yeah, still am writing stuff for that. I just um, can't seem to ever finish it. So uh, yeah, those are those are the three main things that I'm doing right now. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Blissfield, uh, did you guys record, uh, the new record over the last year that's coming? It's coming out January 14th though, right? Yeah. January 14th on Acrobat Unstable. Um, but no, we recorded this record with Davis probably fuck. This would have been November of 2018. Okay. We recorded this record. It was the first thing Davis ever did at the church. And, um, but yeah, we, we uh, lived there for three weeks in the middle of November. It was freezing cold. Like we'd, we'd go stay at like Davis's parents' place, which wasn't too far. But yeah, Scott and I hung out for like the, the three weeks there. And uh, Scott and Meg and Darian showed up and, and did their parts and, and kind of went back to the city and came back as they needed. But yeah, we um, so we had finished that record. Yeah, like fucking three years ago. Um, and we had put it out a year later because we had kind of we we'd gotten a little lazy we had tried to shop it around and weren't really getting anywhere and then it's just like you know what fuck it we're just gonna drop the record uh whatever happens happens and of course the second we drop the label we get hit up with by two labels that basically intrigued us to the point where it was just like okay like what what the hell do we do now so we were hit up by a label out of canada that um i i I don't remember what they're called. I probably shouldn't say the name either, but uh, famous um, Canadian musician at a Halifax, uh, out of the Halifax pop explosion stuff is signed to them right now. So that was intriguing. And we had a couple meetings with them and then we got hit up by death wish, which um, kind of was just like, all right, grabbed us all. And was just like, yo, like I think all of us, like we all have different music tastes and bliss fields, but we all know a band or like a band on death wish. So um, we, we were talking to Trey for, for a while and then the pandemic happens. So of course, during the pandemic, it's like none of these bands that are on the roster are touring. 
Um, money's obviously getting as, as thin as it possibly can with anybody in the music community that does this for a living. Um, like the people that run Death Wish. So uh, it just kind of, we, we just kind of got pushed to the side and it, it just didn't end up working out over there. So once that happened, but during when that was happening, it was like, okay, Iris is too hard of a name to find on Spotify. If you tried to like Google like Iris Band Live, you're getting Goo Goo Dolls over and over and over again. So uh, Death Wish had kind of persuaded us to change our name and uh, changed it to Bliss Fields. And even though the whole Death Wish thing didn't work out, we just kind of ran with that. Um, Scott was down in North Carolina and and met Eric, who runs Acrobat Unstable, and they um, they like the band, and uh, they they're gonna put out the record, and so everything ended up working out in the end, but it just took forever for us to kind of get here, but yeah, finally January fourteenth, uh, coming out on Acrobat Unstable, so very happy about that. Oh, that's exciting! That's great. Um, yeah. So, uh, and you folks are doing a tour to support the new record in January. Where's the farthest yeah, you're going on that run? Uh, down to Texas. Um, oh, cool. Going down to Houston and Denton in Texas. So never been down there. I've only like passed through it before. Like kind of that like top quadrant of Texas. Um, but yeah, excited to go and play some shows down there. Scott's been down there before and he loves it. So I'm excited. Oh, te- is that the first time you'll be down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, actually like playing shows and stuff. Like I was down there. Uh, on tour with Nicole just passing through when we were doing the drive from Toronto down to the first show in Phoenix. So kind of passed through there on the way down, but uh, never played a show. There's a bunch of places um, that we haven't played shows at that we're playing. Um, like never played Nashville. Uh, we played like outside of Nashville, a place called Murfreesboro. Yeah. And um, that was, uh, that was cool. Uh, but like also the worst possible drive to do, we had the drive from, Tampa, Florida to Murfreesboro, Tennessee in the middle of the summer in dead stop traffic with no air conditioning. Really? That's probably the top five worst day of my life. Oh no. It was, it was the most fucking miserable shit, but yeah, we're, um, it it shouldn't be that bad being, uh, being in January this time, but yeah, starting in Brooklyn on the 14th, that'll be, uh, the record release show. And then, um, kind of just make our way down the East coast through like Philly and Pennsylvania all the way down to uh, Texas and then kick it back up and then playing Toronto on January 31st at the Monarch Tavern. Nice. A nice way to end the run too, right? In the home, uh, mm-hmm. home city. Exactly. Uh, have you, and so will tonight be your first show that you guys have played since like things are opening up again? Yeah. Yeah. The last show we played was with nothing at uh at the horseshoe tavern in tw- november 2019 and then yeah we had just kind of I, I don't even know what we were doing kind of after that show um i know we we're still like practicing here and there but yeah and then obviously the pandemic happened and but yeah we're excited like it's it was funny because we were gonna play a show at the bovine and this was like still it was like uh it was gonna be at the end of october and this is before they kind of loosened everything up but they were just like, okay, the capacity is 30 people. And it's like, not, not including bands. So it's like, okay, you got three bands, but you can only bring 30 people. Um, so it was just kind of like, eh, I, don't, I don't know if that's kind of how I want to do the first show back. And then 
a couple of days later, we got hit up by the guys in Seaway and uh, they asked us to play the pre-show. So we were like, yeah, of course. Like a uh, big enough show sold out pretty quickly. So um, it's cool. It'll be, uh, it'll be a great first show back. Been practicing. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully everything goes well tonight. So, yeah, you and I go like way back, like like 10 years yeah. from like like we were playing in metalcore bands. I think I think I met you when For you sure. were playing in Fights Not Forgotten, but that wasn't your yeah. first band, was it? No, uh, the first band I was in was a band called Bound and Buried, which was like the first serious band that actually like wrote original songs that played shows, uh, which was with um, Rob Reed, who does the podcast with Dalton, uh, Not Just a Phase. And uh, a couple other guys from Grimsby. And I think that was like kind of like a year long thing, played a couple shows, very much just like um, uh, kind of like that melodic core ripoff stuff. But it's funny because like uh, Rob actually had sent me those those songs that we recorded a couple months ago and listening to him, I was just like, dude, I still think that like there's certain parts in there where I think that was like the most impressive drumming I've ever done in my whole life <laughs> as like a fucking 14 year old kid. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was my first band. But yeah, I don't think you would ever seen that band play. It was a lot of like Hamilton shows and Grimsby shows. We would have definitely met when I was playing in uh, Fights Not Forgotten. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what what year do you think that was? Man, I was still in high school. So I graduated high school in 2009. So we probably met in like 2008 or nine. It might have been later than that. It might have been 2010, but I have a feeling it was like 2008, 2009. Uh, but uh, yeah, when we when we started making our way down to St. Catharines. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, so what got you into like heavy or like alternative music growing up? So I remember I had a babysitter uh, in Grimsby who I remember like the bands that he liked were Incubus and Nirvana. And I remember, like, I still love both those bands to this day. So that obviously had, like, a lasting impact. But he was telling me about this band where the vocalists lived around the corner from us. And um, they were playing the show at Grand Avenue Hall, which was the elementary school that I went to. And uh, turned out that was Alexis on Fire. And he, we were, he would be babysitting us and he'd be like, um, Yo, so last week on Open Mic with Mike Bullard, which was this Canadian talk show with this comedian, Mike Bullard, Alexis on Fire played. If we just watch this talk show, you can like see these guys play afterwards. Because I was too young and this and that to kind of probably get the permission to go to that show. But uh, I end up, I'm watching this and I just remember there's like this part where Wade almost just like hits George in the head with the, with the guitar. And it blew my mind. Like first time I ever heard screaming, and then shortly after that, you were seeing the pulmonary archery video on Much Music. And uh, from there, it was just like, holy shit. And then obviously they turned into this like Goliath of Canadian music um, where they were just like this anomaly where screaming was played on the radio and made way for bands like Billy Talent and shit like that to uh, to kind of have these like lasting Canadian effects. But uh, yeah, it was it was definitely Alexis on Fire. And through that... Um, from he would like just seeing like the band t-shirts that they were wearing and seeing the shoots like bands that they were playing with like the bled or poison the well or some of those early like uh like those uh early 2000s like epitaph um bands so finding out about it that way and then um 
I had a buddy in high school who was more of like a shred guitar player. And he got me into Lamb of God and some of the other like techie kind of like um, more like metal stuff. And uh, that's kind of where I was when Bound and Buried was started. But that, that, was, that was around the time that I was also getting into like those metalcore bands like Haste the Day and, and stuff like that. So it just kind of was like this weird progression where it was like kind of always like the metalcore leaning stuff, like um, like Between the Buried and Me. Um, uh, yeah, and like just, just stuff like that. And then when I met Ferrara, and started playing in Fights Not Forgotten, he was always wearing like these Mad Ball hoodies or whatever. And I was never, I never really got into Mad Ball, but I ended up getting into stuff like No Warning and some of that, um, some of that more like groovy stuff. And that's kind of what got me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I guess that's kind of my progression into, into heavy stuff. Oh, that's awesome. What have been some of your favorite Ontario bands within the last years or so? What's caught your attention? So, um, uh, Matt Tomasi, who I play in 9 million with has this band called friction that, uh, I finally got to see live just cause like, uh, I'm, I'm like almost 30, man. I don't want to get hit in the head anymore. And, uh, I don't, I tend to also be like, I work at a bar. So it's like, I tend to be working most Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So wasn't really able to go and see it before the pandemic, but he threw a show around the corner from my place where I got to see, um, friction. I got to see Rays for the first time without me playing in the band, which was super sick to see. Um, I got to see uh, my buddy Ace, who um, uh, is from DC, played in a band called Red Death. Um, he had his first show where he was uh, he was yelling, which was which was cool to see. And like, because like we had been, he plays in Nine Million as well, so I had kind of seen him. He had showed me like the early recordings of that stuff and. Um, how he was getting a little like nervous to do the to do the vocals and stuff like that, but it was it was stoked to see him do that live. Um, so yeah, I'd say like Friction, Rays, and uh, Beyond the Pale, and then there's also cool bands like Sour Key, um, which are just kind of like the pop rocky stuff. Which uh, um, Luch, who also plays in Nine Million, uh, he's constantly spitting out these incredible riffs that I've never heard anything like. Which uh, which more often than not turn into Sour Key stuff. So um, yeah, hoping hoping they put out some stuff soon because it'd be it'd be stoked to listen to some of that new stuff that I'm he, I hear them uh, messing around with. Yeah, um, Sinner played a show with uh, before the lockdown with Rays and Red Death uh, in Toronto. You must have not been playing that show, or were you? No, I um no, no, I was out of that band. Um, uh, I think it was like a month or two before that because I remember you messaging me asking, and uh, yeah. Um, I, I forget. I think Norm uh, jumped in to play guitar at that point. But uh, yeah, it's still sick. Like I fucking love those tunes. Like I remember writing some of like we were writing some of those tunes in, in, in practice and, and getting to hear them live and, and getting hearing them worked on for the last like little bit. Cause they, they kept jamming. So mm-hmm. you play guitar in that band, but you play drums yeah. in Blissfields, right? No, I play guitar in Blissfield. Oh, guitar. Oh, shit. So I've kind of, yeah, I've kind of pivoted after Camper. I stopped playing drums a bunch. And that's kind of when I started doing the uh, bleach bath thing. And then um, after, after kind of bleach bath was all said and done, um, Iris was looking for a guitar player. And Scott and I had made friends. um, And he asked me if I wanted to join, which kind of caught me off guard because I didn't think 
I was really that good of a guitar player and I still don't. Um, I think I'm a way better drummer than I am a guitar player. I've just kind of like adapted to, to these situations that, um, that I've been put in where like, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for Scott to, for Scott to see that in me and, and kind of bring me on because it's made me a much better guitar player. Um, but yeah, the uh, only band I'm playing drums in right now is Nine Million, and that's the first band I've played drums in since um, since Camper. I did I did play in a hardcore band called Middleman with a lot of the guys that ended up in Rays, um, where I did play drums in that band, but uh, only like played a couple shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, happy to be back on drums though. Yeah. If anybody's got a sick band that needs a drummer, send me music. Ah, you hear it here, right on Banecdotes. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but have you done writing for film? Um, I've never done writing for film. No. Um, like, are are we talking like musically or like um, like any like, uh, or like? For, for some reason, I thought you you've written like some script work before. Or... So I've had a I've had a couple ideas more more so back in the day that um that i thought had some legs if i got some if i got the right people involved and one of those being our good friend of ours Corey, who was one of the first people that i that i thought of and um from there there was some like some other people that ended up tagging along and it just kind of it got too big too quick like i i was thinking this 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 can't be anything that we can't afford this has mm-hmm. to be like the the easiest fucking stuff to shoot or it's never going to get done because we're never going to be able to put this kind of money into it and i think it just got away from everybody too quickly and um but i still have uh i still have scripts that uh cory and i chugged away on that um i haven't looked at in a while i think i looked at at the beginning of the pandemic when i was going through a bunch of my stuff but uh yeah, no, that I used to I used to do stuff like that uh, a while ago, but uh, not not so much anymore. But you do have some music in uh, some film, though, right? Yeah. So um, it was uh, so during the pandemic, I get this random uh, I'm just sitting in the living room watching TV on my computer and I get this random message on the Bleach Bath Facebook account saying, uh, hey, we've sent you an email, blah, 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 um, trying to use one of your songs in this TV show. And doesn't really say much about what's going on in the Facebook message. So I was just kind of like, yeah, like whatever, use whatever song you want to use. And then they're just like, oh, no, like you need to like respond to this email. So I check and I find out that it's um, it's a show that's going on to, uh, I, don't, I don't remember if I knew this from the email, but it was a show called Cruel Summer. And I did some research and I found out that it was being produced by Jessica Beale. And um, it's going to be like this new kind of teen drama that was coming out on Hulu. So I was just like, oh shit, like this is pretty cool. They wanted to use the cover of Massey Stars Fade Into You that Bleach Bath did a couple of years ago, which um, I've, I've started to lean towards, at that point, I started to lean towards not liking very much. I thought it like, it was back in those days. It was just kind of like, like me and Davis would just work so hard mm-hmm. where it would just be like, okay, like, you know what? Like, and I wasn't trying to like waste anybody's time. So we would just kind of like crank this stuff out and granted it doesn't sound awful, but I feel like we could have made that better if we did a bit more work. But uh, yeah, so I, I got in this email and I was just like, Oh shit. So yeah, I had to, I had to fill out a bunch of paperwork and send the stuff down. And um, 
they like uh, they didn't say anything about it being used. They said it was up for consideration. I was just like, whatever, that's that's cool enough for me. I've never had anything like that um, happen to me before. So it'd be nice to check that off the list. And then I get an email saying, yeah, it's going to be used. This is the um, this is the episode that's going to be in. Um, this is what's going to be happening. And I was just like, okay, hell yeah, let's go. So uh, me and my girlfriend um, downloaded the first couple episodes just because it was, it was Hulu. So you can't get that in Canada. Um, so I had to find the episodes on Pirate Bay. Sorry if anybody from Hulu, not that I think they would, but is, is listening to this. But uh, yeah, downloaded downloaded the episodes. And I remember like hearing it over the scene and just kind of like being in complete shock that uh, that something I wrote was being like something I wrote was being produced by Jessica Beale, who was probably watching this at home with her husband who was Justin Timberlake. <laughs> so Justin Timberlake has heard me sing, which fucked me up so bad. <laughs> where I was just like, I, I couldn't kind of understand how, how kind of cool that was until, it, until I saw it in front of me. And uh, I still think that's probably one of the coolest things that, that's ever happened to me musically. Where, and it was just kind of like a fluke. Like, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't see that Facebook message. I definitely wasn't checking the bleach bath email. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy it happened. It was, uh, it was a very cool thing. Yeah. That's super cool. Wow. In- incredible. And the TV and the TV show wasn't bad. Like we watched the whole fucking thing. It was great and great music too. Like they did a couple things like what they did with, with the, with the Massey star cover where, during this like nice scene in the episode, they're playing the Massey star version of fade into you. And then at the end of the episode, um, the main character who's like a kind of 14, 15 year old um, girl at the time picks up this joint that she's stolen from her friend's mother and starts kind of like fake smoking it in the mirror while my version is playing, which is like a little heavier and, and stuff like that. And then a couple episodes later, they did that with Where's My Mind by the Pixies. Oh, cool. Um, where they played the Pixies version and they had this other cool version of Where's My Mind at the end. So yeah, it was um the the sound design on it was was incredible and, and the the show was was pretty nuts too. That's 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 rad. Now, like if you if you were to still write any scripts or work into like film with that, like was was there anybody specific you would work with? Any like famous actors or directors? So I like working with Quentin Tarantino, no interest to me. Steven Spielberg, no interest (laughs) to me. It's there's a guy who has a show called the show about the show. And his name is Kaveh Zahadi and you can find it on YouTube. Um, But basically what this guy is doing is he is filming his life and each episode is about the making of the episode before. <laughs> so, and it's all about his life. So he'll, he'll like something will happen with him and his wife and he'll be like, okay, we now need to recreate this on camera. And his wife is not 100% into this. So she's kind of reluctant to kind of recreate these scenes. And it gets to a point where, you know what? His wife is so sick of being in this show that she quits and he has to hire a replacement to play his wife. And this is all real life. You're watching this guy's marriage fall apart. You're watching this guy, like the relationships that he has with his friends and, and stuff like that. It is insane. I've showed it to Davis. I've showed it to Scott. Anybody that I can get like a day with 
and we've got access to an internet connection and a TV, you're watching this with me. I'll, I'll watch it a hundred more times. And he just did a Kickstarter to fund the next season of, of the thing. And he, he hit his goal. So um, there's three new episodes out on Vimeo right now, but uh, I haven't watched them yet. So I'm excited to get to those. And another guy would be Matt Johnson who uh, does Nirvana, the band, the show did a movie called the dirties, did a movie called operation avalanche. Um, and he's got some other stuff coming down the pipeline that I, that I can't wait to see. But if, um, if I ever got a chance to work with uh, any of those guys um, that would be incredible. Um, I've actually like met Jay and Matt a couple times and uh, I tend to lose my cool um, very quickly and very easily um, in front of those guys. Uh, but, uh, and like another guy would be like Nathan Fielder or um, John Wilson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just about to tell you about oh, like, if you hadn't watched that dude. show, I just watched one of the latest episodes. Me and Emily just watched it the other day and, and <laughs> I, I was obsessed. I, I fucking love that guy's style. It's incredible. <laughs> That's so funny that you bring it up because I totally intended on yeah. bringing it up. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, lastly, yeah, no, big, big fan. Oh, and got to shout out Tim Robinson. How to with, how to with, oh, uh, yeah. or I think you should leave. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. I fucking love him so much. And like his, his, like how he was on like side stage for turnstile, like a couple weeks ago and skateboards with Atiba Johnson and stuff. It's just, just an all around <laughs> cool dude. Yeah. He definitely seems like he's, uh, I think he did some writing for SNL in the eighties. I think that's, I've, that's what I've learned. So yeah, it was, uh, I think it was the early two thousands to like the 2010. Oh, really? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, there's videos of him being, like, uh, secondary characters on some of these SNL sketches. Um, I forget what the character is, but basically there's two of the SNL characters are, like, they're employees of this kind of, like, chain. So there's a bunch of uh, people working at these stores. And the boss comes out and he's like, all right, I'm sorry, but we've got to make some, we have to do some budget cuts. We've got to fire one of you. And these two characters, which are like the obnoxious characters, are like, oh, fuck, no, you're not going to fire me, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, we're not. After like a big, long fucking skit that they do, they're like, we're not going to fire you. We're going to fire this guy. And it's Tim <laughs> Robinson dressed up as an old man. <laughs> if you can find those on YouTube, those are incredible. But he's, he's got a couple things that he, uh, he did on SNL. But yeah, he was a writer for a long time. And a lot of the stuff that he ended up using on I Think You Should Leave the first season was stuff that he could never get picked up for an SNL sketch. Oh, that's interesting. No. That's good. That's fun to know. Yeah. Yeah. So lastly, before we get into some anecdotes, I remember you being a uh, six skater. Do you still skateboard? Uh, here and there. Um, I, I got one during the pandemic and uh, would kick around on the streets and stuff like that. But uh, I've lost it and I've lost most of it. Like it took me, I think, like probably two hours to get a good chunk of my tricks back and a lot of them were sketchy and I just don't have the confidence anymore. I've got a bad back and my knees tend to be, uh, my knees tend to get sore pretty quickly. And so yeah, I just use it more as like a mode of transportation now. Um, but Lee who plays in Blissfields is, is a, is a six skater. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I'll bring my skateboard on tour. And once we get to a spot, that's not so snowy. And once we get like toward, like towards the South where the weather's pretty nice, uh, might hit a skate park down there and, and see if I can do some shit anymore. But uh, yeah, uh, more of just like a mode of transportation now. What's the best trick you've ever landed on it? Or like, uh, like skating? Um, my, I, I, I could know, I, like I was, I remember when I learned how to do three flips and I could land those pretty consistently and being, being on top of the world. 
but I remember the coolest thing I probably ever did was um, a fakey big flip where I remember when I landed that I was just like, yeah, that's the coolest thing I'll ever land on a skateboard or like a, a 360 flip um, where like you do like the body burial. So it's like, you're starting like regular, but you're landing switch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I can fucking do those anymore. I was like 16 <laughs> or 17 when I was doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. I can never even land tray flips. The best thing I could ever do was yeah. people flips. Mm. Yeah. I remember that was, that was the first flip trick I ever learned. Like I remember being at the, the park by my, uh, by my childhood house where on the swing sets, they would have like those, like those bars that would um, like the three bars that would connect on either side. And I remember hanging, like holding onto those bars with my board underneath me on the grass and just doing a heel, like doing the motion of a heel flip and holding myself up on the bars. And like when the board landed the right way, I would put my feet on it, just learning the confidence to land on the board. And then going onto the street and like a couple of tries later, it's like getting the most sketchy heel flip ever, <laughs> but like landing it. And then that was my trick forever. Like, I don't think I learned how to kickflip. And like, I learned heel flips when I was probably 10 or 11. I don't think I landed a kickflip until I was like 15. Yeah. But yeah, that was the exact yeah. same scenario with me. I could never land kickflips. Yeah. I could always do uh, yeah. heel flips. Yeah. Still love skateboarding though. Like I still watch like a ton of skate videos and stuff like that, but uh, more, uh, more so just like a hoop dream now. Yeah. 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 Like that one, uh, there's that really good podcast, uh, uh, Wolf versus Hawk with uh, Tony and uh, 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 shit, Jason Ellis. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I've heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've, I, I've, I've definitely seen like a clip or two, but I don't think I've watched a full episode yet. Yeah. They're, they're, it's a cool show. It's more mostly vert skating, right? Cause they're vert dudes, but yeah. Yeah. There's another cool one called the nine club with a couple guys that were on uh chocolate mm-hmm. that um, I'll watch from time to time. That'll like uh, kind of break down like uh, new skate parts and stuff like that. And they're pretty funny. Oh, hell yeah.
Right on. Let's get into some anecdotes. Tell me some of the wildest stories you have from being in a band, whether it's on the road or in the studio or anything in between. So I just have to say this first. I have the best story that I cannot tell. Okay. So if you ever on, on like public. So if, if you ever have like a Patreon or anything <laughs> like that from this show, I'll, I'll tell the story at the end and you can, you can use it if you ever get there. But if, if you know me, you know, this story, if you know me and don't know the story, I'll happily tell you not on the record. Right. But um, yeah. So uh, the, the first one that, um, that I usually think of is it was, we were crossing the border into Detroit on a, on an Iris tour, like a couple years ago. And uh, we had crashed at Scott's place in Oshawa the night before and had a bunch of beers and kind of partied a bit and then woke up, had a nice chill day. Um, it was our first time crossing the border. So we had to get like our visas processed and stuff like that. So you go into that thing and then you're crossing the border. The guy asks if uh, we've had anything to drink tonight. And Scott, who tends to be a little like awkward with these border guards sometimes, I think it might be like an authority thing. Um, but uh, he's just like, no, we finished it all before we left. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, like last night I'm yelling over him like to the, cause I'm in the back seat, like yelling to the border guard. I was like, yeah, no, we did not drink anything today. I don't know why he said it like that. Um, which was funny because I think the guy just like knew that, that Scott had just kind of like made a weird choice of words. And uh, so like had a weird choice of words when he was saying that and um, like nothing really came of it. We ended up crossing. But uh, one of the one of the craziest things was um, Bleach Bath was on tour doing an East Coast tour and uh, we which we shouldn't have done. I think the first show of that tour was our third show ever. Oh, wow. So it was like a lot like don't get me wrong, like there was like a bit of traction, but it was just kind of like. I like and we played two people, but um, it was more kind of just like, okay, let's go see the East Coast and play some shows. So um, we're uh, we're cruising along. We play. Where did we play? We were going from New Brunswick to Nova Scotia, and we thought we could do that drive overnight and just kind of like pull up to the venue, sleep in the van and just kind of wake up in Nova Scotia in Halifax. But we get a little bit into the drive and it's like, you know what, we're not going to make it. Um, we need to find a place to crash on on the side of the road. Um, and we end up pulling into this town called uh, Hampton, New Brunswick. I'm just going to say right now, fuck Hampton, New Brunswick. <laughs> if anybody is from there, I, I assume you're just as bad as these fucking kids. But uh, but so we pull off to the side of the road and it's beautiful downtown. We're right beside a pavilion. Um, looks kind of like the downtown square that's got a ton of flowers. It's, it's beautiful. And uh, right beside us, there's like a coffee shop gas station thing. So we hit the gas station, we grab some snacks and we're just chilling in the van. And uh, I'm having a hard time getting to bed. Everybody else is falling asleep. I've got Trevor beside me in the driver's seat. I got Josh behind me and Ben has made a little um, kind of uh like a hallway in between all of the gear that he can just lay down between and sleep, mm -hmm. not like sitting down, just in like the back of the car or the back of the van. So um, and it's middle of summer. So the windows are cracked and nice night. So I eventually fall asleep. It's probably like four something in the morning. And then I wake up to everybody in the van screaming, 
probably like an hour later. And I don't know what the fuck everybody's screaming about. There's, I don't even know what they're saying. It's like, I get woken up to screaming, so I'm still kind of half asleep. What the fuck are you guys talking about? And they're yelling about something. And I was just like, man, like whatever. And go back to bed. I wake up in the morning. Everybody else is still asleep. Um, and the whole time I thought they were like punking me. I thought they were, I thought they were Ashton Kutcher punking me. But uh, I wake up in the morning and I've got this book on the front dashboard that's got like a, a burn mark in it. And I start looking around and I'm seeing burn marks all over the van. And uh, so I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? I was just like, I didn't think anything other. I, I still smoked cigarettes at that time. So I thought it might've been me fucking up and something, something falling off the cigarette and burning a bunch of holes around. I, I, I don't know. I just blame it on myself and go on. So I run out, I grab a coffee. I come back and uh, Trevor's awake. He's just like, dude, last night was insane. I was like, yeah, like what the fuck happened? Like, where are all these burn marks? And he's like, well, in the middle of the night, a van pulled up beside us with and stuck a Roman candle, a lit Roman candle into the window of the van and just let the bulbs bounce around the fucking van, unleashed a full Roman candle into the window of our van. And how it was pointed was it was shooting right over Trevor to the kind of like corner of where the door hits, um, like the door on the passenger side and just bouncing off there. And that's where I'm sleeping, kind of like huddled up against the door, um, just trying to get comfortable. And uh, yeah, I had slept through the whole fucking thing. Thank God, because I think if I would have fucking, if I was awake for that, I would have jumped in the fucking driver's seat, and just chased them down. I would have fucking killed those kids. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was the, the craziest fucking thing that, uh, <laughs> that happened. And um, I just remember for the next day, we would just like, we'd, we'd be in these certain situations and just look at each other and be like, fuck Hampton, New Brunswick. And even still, like, I'll talk to Ben and Trevor um uh here and there and, and we'll just bring it up just be like yeah fuck hampton new brunswick <laughs> you didn't wake up but, from uh, the fireworks out dude i don't know what it was if i had like just hit rem sleep where i was just like i was i was so locked down where like i wasn't gonna get up um and it had been a long day like i uh i definitely needed the sleep but uh i i, I couldn't fucking believe it i woke up to the screaming <laughs> Uh, but didn't see didn't see any any Roman candle uh, any Roman candles get fired into the car. Wow, that's fucking mm -hmm. bonkers! Right, absolutely nuts. <laughs> but like you just you just you just chalk it up to like man, like I used to do small town shit all the time. I'm from a small town. I've got me and my friends used to dick around all the time, but never in a capacity that would like you know put somebody <laughs> else in in danger. I think, <laughs> yeah, we, we like, we never did anything like, like really fucking stupid like that. But. Yeah. That's insane. That's oh, kids, insane. Kids, kids will be kids, man. Kids will be kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so crazy. A lit Roman candle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you got any more anecdotes? So um, uh, me, Scott and Brian Renton, who's a sound guy out of Toronto. We're on tour with uh, Nicole um, a couple years ago, and we we're doing this big drive from Toronto down to Phoenix, Arizona. So we play Phoenix. We're moving on to San Diego. And as you cross through the Arizona, um, California border, there is a mandatory check every single time. And it's for drugs. It's for like fruit and stuff like that, where you can't bring in anything that might kind of 
like be an invasive species and, and fuck with the other fruits and like stuff that grows down there. So we pull up on the side, uh, like we pull up um, and next thing you know, there's like a dog whipping around our car and we're not stupid. We're not bringing drugs into America, like nothing, nothing like that. We haven't hit any place where it's legal yet. So we haven't kind of cashed in on any, any weed or something like that. So nothing in the car, but the, um, the dogs whipping around the side and on the side that me and Brian are sitting on, the dog sits down. And anybody that's seen any cop shows or movies or anything like that with drug dogs knows that if drug dogs sit down, that's an indication of a hit on the car, that they have smelt something in our car. So next thing you know, it's middle of the desert. We're all ripped out of the car. We're on the side of the highway. The dog is now in the van searching for a bag. Can't find the bag um, for probably a good 10 minutes and then finally finds the bag that it has this hit on. And then next thing you know, the cop is ripping the bag apart and stuff like that and can't find anything inside of it. And which is just like, yeah, like, cause we're not fucking bringing anything. I, I don't know what the hell this dog could, have. don't get me wrong. Like we smoke weed and stuff like that. But last time we smoked weed it had been days before or something like that. That smell is, I don't think that's the smell that they're trained to pick up. So after about like 30 minutes on the side of this highway in the middle of the desert, it's like 40 something degrees. Um, the cops are just like, yeah, so we couldn't find what the dog smelt. Um, sorry for having you guys get out of like blah, 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 and this and that. It's like, you're on the way, but just heads up. If you do have something in that bag that we didn't find, we suggest you get rid of it like uh, as, as quick as you possibly can. So um, I won't say whose bag it was, but when we got back in the car, we were all kind of giving them this little look, just like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> and uh we all like we're just in the van we rip this bag apart again and it's just like dude like i don't have anything in here it was just like all right so got a little scare from a police dog malfunction but uh but yeah we were we were we were on our way but uh definitely uh definitely don't risk ever going from arizona to california because if, if you got something they're gonna get you yeah. and uh, <laughs> even if you think you're sly like um even if you think you're sly you're fucking you might not even have anything, but uh, get pulled off on the side of the highway for a little bit of a for a little bit of a uh, search by dog. <laughs> That's crazy! Wow, yeah, that would have been uh, nerve wracking. You're going like, what the hell? And especially it just being nothing too. Yeah, for sure. Like I remember like being super freaked out, where it's just like, like who knows what might have ended up in a jacket or something like that like a, a little fucking nug or something like that i don't fucking know but uh but yeah we uh we got lucky that uh that it was just a police dog that um i don't know little little uh little fuck up by by him but <laughs> so what's your go-to gas station snack when you're on the road Ooh, i'm a big chip guy um so i'm usually going for some kind of chips um on the road in Canada, it's usually going to be like all dressed or sweet chili heat Doritos. Um, not much of a pop guy. So usually going for water, maybe a juice. Um, always a coffee. Always got to have a coffee. Um, when it comes to the States, States has a lot of weird stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got like pickles in a bag. They got the boiled peanuts. I stay away from all that stuff. Um but they do have some like bomb little like snack cake stuff that I don't really see over here in Canada. That's that all also tastes way better down there. But uh, my go-to just like 
food in general in the States is um, the cheesy bean and rice burritos from Taco Bell. Nice. I get those. I get those all the time. Being on tour with Nicole was incredible because not only was she like just that whole experience super cool. She was on Feed the Beat. So she got like a ton of gift cards from Taco Bell. So we just got to kind of just like, fuck, you go in there, you get three cheesy bean and rice burritos, a drink and a fry, and it's like under five dollars. And that's like you eat like one or two burritos and then you got one for later. And it's like that's basically like lunch and most of dinner. And then you're getting more often than not some kind of like catered dinner. We'll hit some spot on the way after the venue to the hotel and grab some snacks for when we get back there. But yeah, I'm a, I've always been into kind of trying, like, I don't eat meat. So it's a little hard to kind of like venture around and be like, I want to try like the thing that like Oklahoma does. So it tends to be a lot of like Taco Bell, just subbing the beef for beans. Um, there's a lot of subways at gas stations and stuff. So you're getting just like a veggie sub. So it's like at least getting like some kind of vegetables. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, but I'm, I'm excited to kind of go on, on, on tour again in January and see, see kind of what's up with, uh, what's up with Texas and see if hopefully they've got some good, like vegan barbecue, which I'm sure there's somebody down there that has done something well with it. Oh, I'm Uh, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that somebody's from Texas doesn't eat meat and is just like, fuck it. I'm not even going to touch barbecue. <laughs> so it's like, I'm sure I'm sure I'll eat some kind of jackfruit or whatever. So I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, hit that. But we also exploit the Chipotle. Um, I don't know if you know the Chipotle trick, but uh, this will be um, this will be sick for any band that tours the States. And even sometimes it works in Canada. But if you're say you're rolling through a town and there's a Chipotle have the best slick talking dude in your band or, or female or non-binary person, the slickest one you can find, call the Chipotle in the town that you're playing and be like, Hey there, I'm playing. My band blah, 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 blah is from Canada, from St. Catharines, from Toronto, whatever. And we're rolling through your town, playing a show at this venue. Um, we are uh, looking to see if we can get any comps um and more often than not they'll be like yeah if you guys roll in and give us like a t-shirt or a record or a cd or something like that we'll give you all free food Amazing. so you just end up in a chipotle you just end up in a chipotle and you'll you all have you'll you'll get a receipt where you have to fill out a survey afterwards um but there are, every chipotle is allotted a certain amount of these free comps for touring musicians or just kind of like entertainment people that uh, that can that can take these up don't get me wrong there's going to be some times where it's like they they might um hear the venue and be like oh no we don't deal with anything that small or something like that um but we've never like more often than not blissfields hits hits on the chipotle thing um there's been times where we don't um and then you just go to taco bell or subway (laughs) yeah 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 but uh but yeah, the uh, the Chipotle trick is uh, is uh, some kingship for sure. If uh, if you can make that work, um, you'll uh, you'll make everybody's day. Yeah, that's amazing. And those, like and and don't get the burrito, get the bowl, because you eat some of the bowl, and then you save that shit for like, because like bowl, like it's massive, man. Like I I can't eat one of those full bowls like on my own. So it's just like you end up having like a good healthy dinner, well healthy whatever good dinner and uh then you end up like bringing it to the venue or whatever and eat that after you're done help soak up a couple beers 
Wow. I didn't know that. That's a cool trick. Yeah. So if Blissfield was at the level of Metallica, what's waiting in the green room for you? What's the rock star dream writer? Um, so there's gonna be there's gonna be a ton of beer. A bunch of beer, a bunch of uh Kratom. If you're familiar with Kratom or Kratom. I'm not. Um so um this is another actually this could be a great anecdote too. Forgot about this one. But we were playing Saratoga Springs, New York, and we were sitting in this park. And this guy walks up to us, kind of looking like Mr. Burns out of um, the ET, uh, the uh, X Files episode of The Simpsons. Okay. Very warm, very nice guy. Um, and he's talking to he. Uh, he was talking to us and this, that, and other things. But some something seemed up. Uh, but it was a nice enough guy, so really didn't think anything of it. So we play the show, and it turns out that this guy has some kind of affiliation with the with the venue and the booking guy. So we end up talking to him. Super nice guy. Um, and as we're chilling by the van waiting for the show to start, he's just like, you guys want to come and get Kratom milkshakes? And that was the first time I had ever heard the word Kratom. And I was like, uh, no, man, uh, we're good. So the show goes by. Um, we actually played with a band called Sloppy Jane that night where um, I encourage you to go on YouTube and search Sloppy Jane. But Phoebe Bridgers used to play in that band um, before kind of Phoebe Bridgers hit big. And Sloppy Jane has opened up for the Phoebe Connor Oberst Project um, Better Oblivion Community Center or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, check them out. They're, they're pretty wild. Um, I remember at the show, the, the um, person took off all their clothes and chugged a bunch of metallic paint and threw it up all over themselves. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. So that was... That was something they show up with like a bunch of people. They had like harmonized crying. It's uh, it's the craziest thing you'll watch today. I'm sure. But uh, so after the show, we're staying at the promoter's house and we're asking him about this guy that we met and these crowd of milkshakes. And he's like, Oh no, no, no. Like that guy, it, that guy was in like a traumatic accident and something happened to his brain. And that's kind of why he's like that. Um, Kratom is just kind of like this. Um, it's this green powder that um you can buy it like a lot of head shops in america it's illegal in canada but it just kind of gives you this like um it's 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 a very light opiate um but it's uh comes in this green um you can get them in capsules it also but it's like this powder that you can mix into orange juice and stuff like that and you drink it and it tends to just like mellow you out really good um we all got into it for a minute but there's some other people in the band that still mess around with it here and there. So we'll, we'll throw some of that in because I've never had a bad night on that stuff. Nice. Um, and it's, it's like nothing serious. Like I don't want anybody to think that we're like, it's, <laughs> it's not a, it's no like heroin or anything like that. But uh, um, it's a popular thing that that's in America. Um, but yeah, like a ton of beer, some of that um, throw a couple joints in there. Um, a fruit tray. Uh vegan barbecue uh yeah vegan barbecue for <laughs> sure uh we'll throw in some like uh we'll throw in some some chicken wings for the for the fellas that still eat meat in the band um yeah uh i think i, I was listening to an episode and i think it might have been um jesse i i could be wrong i don't want to fuck that up maybe i'll uh 
yeah, but somebody on the podcast was just like, I want to have whoever is the best at cooking their thing in that state or town or whatever to come and cook for us. That would be a big flex that I, I think everybody in the band would love. So do that. Have somebody that is like the best at what they do in that town come and cook us the most incredible food we've ever had. That's like state, that's like locally sourced and like something that's like, like from the state and like a like a state tradition or something like that and um but yeah throw in a bunch of weed and uh and beers and uh, i don't think any of us will be complaining even just with weed and beers that's cool with us too <laughs> yeah really that's it's that's most of that that's normally at the top of the list yeah weed and beer and yeah. uh everything else is just uh extra and uh awesome yeah. but extra <laughs> yeah like we, we tend to get pretty lucky in the sense where uh, we usually get a handful of drink tickets and beer is pretty cheap in the state. So beer is pretty easy to manage. And, and once you, uh, once you meet a, once you meet a uh, homie from down there that knows how to get you some weed, you're laughing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this one's my last one, but it's a big question, but I'm pretty positive. You can answer it confidently. What are your top five favorite artists of all time? So, hmm, not in any particular order. Sure. But I would be, I would be a fool to not mention Nirvana. Right. Um, love that band from, from childhood. Um, go through phases where I don't listen to much of them. And then every so often I'll hear a song and it's like, all right, I'm digging through this whole discography again. Um, another one would be the Smashing Pumpkins. Love the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Gish and Siamese Dream. Melancholy definitely has uh, a ton of hits. Mm-hmm. Um, even like some of the later stuff's really good. Um, but love that band. Um, next would probably be Dinosaur Jr. Um, just like Jay and guitar playing. And I remember seeing Dinosaur Jr. play a free show for the House of Vans in Toronto. And uh, when it was time for like Dinosaur Jr. to play, nobody was really like paying attention and up at the front. So I got like right in front of Jay's amp. And even with like earplugs in, the second he kicked on the fuzz pedal to do like the first solo of the set, it blew my eardrums. Like I could fucking <laughs> hear, I could hear how fucking loud that was through earplugs. Um, but yeah, only got to see them that one time. Um, the next couple of times they rolled through, I uh, just kept getting canceled by the pandemic, but I think they're coming back in 2022. Um, uh sonic youth um never got to see sonic youth but love that band um don't think they'll ever play with how uh thurston did kim <laughs> fuck thurston Moore, <laughs> fucking dickhead um and uh that's four let's do <laughs> and you know what for the for the oddball um, I'll make sure Chris gets a million dollars for putting up with the shit, but I'd love to see cursed. Oh, cool. Fuck cursed yeah. on there. Yeah. <laughs> so I know Chris will, I know Chris will never do it. Whatever. Maybe give him a million dollars and he can, uh, he can use that money to do some good. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't want to, yeah. And, uh, and just fucking put up with, uh, put up with the shit that happened for, uh, for a little 30 minute set. But yeah, I feel like that'd be a pretty, that'd be a pretty cool show that, like a show like that basically has happened before. Like I've got this sick uh, VHS uh, called the year punk broke where it's Sonic youth on tour with Nirvana and dinosaur junior uh, babes in Toyland, um, gumball 
like a bunch of stuff like that. So um, that would be cool. And then, yeah, I've got to throw pumpkins in there. And then like honorable mentions, like love pavement. Want to see, uh, gonna see pavement um, when they come around Toronto. And uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's the best I got. That's the best I got. Right on. Yeah, that's a solid list. I don't know if I've ever listened to much Dinosaur Jr. If I were to start with a record, what would I listen to? I'd go with um, hmm. I'd go with. I'd go with feel the pain. Okay. Um, I think like if you're into like really good, like guitar rocky stuff, um, I have a feeling or wait, sorry, not feel the pain. That's the song without a sound mm-hmm. go with without a sound or where you been. Um, both records came out around the same time are pretty similar and have the, uh, have the stuff you want to hear on it. Um, start chopping. I just like basically listen to start chopping. If you don't like that song, I don't think you'll like anything else in that catalog. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they've got some, they've got a ton of, a ton of material. Um, you have to dig through some of it, but, uh, there's a, there's a bunch of good stuff in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, incredible band. Awesome. Well, Santi, I think, uh, well, yeah. Sorry. Um, and, uh, Shout out of love. Oh, yeah. Shout out of love. Sorry. Did, did, that's, that's it. Have you ever, did you see them at uh, when they played Detour? Yeah, I remember t- I was having a party at my place when I lived across the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, Timmer was over and he's just like, yo, I'm bringing of love. And I looked at him and I was just like, you got to fucking put Camper on that show. And uh, and he looked at me and broke my heart when he said, no, I'm, I got to put heavy hearts on it. And uh, that it's only a three band bill and that they were rolling through with balance and composure. I just remember being like, dude, I will fucking, you don't have to pay us a fucking cent. We'll pay, play for 15 minutes. Like, just let me fucking play with that band. And uh, didn't work out, but uh, definitely got to see them and got a shirt and uh, uh, I bought like the whole discography on vinyl. But uh, I wish I, I wish I got a, I wish I got an XL instead of a large of that shirt. Cause it doesn't fit me too well anymore. And they're fucking impossible to find. Damn. So uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm a bit of a t-shirt freak, bit of a t-shirt collector. So I, I need that one. <laughs> so uh, I need it in extra large. If anybody saw that show and got the black t-shirt in extra large, I'll give you some money for it. Cool. Right on. Well, Santi, I think we'll end it there. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Incredible, man. Thank you so much for having me and uh, happy to see you again. Where can all the listeners find all the social medias? And if there's anything else you have left to plug or give a shout outs to now would be your time. Cool. Um, I am earth is full on Instagram or earth is empty on Twitter. Um, if you're looking for uh, Blissfields, it's Blissfields TO on Instagram and Twitter and 9 million um, doesn't have a, uh, I don't think does, doesn't have any social media or anything like that, but you can follow that on Spotify under 9 million, um, like the number nine and then million not spelt out. Um, and uh, yeah, be a nice person. Don't be a dickhead. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Right on. Well, we're going to end the show with Clementine by Blissfields. All right, take it easy. See you, bro.
There you have it, folks. That was my conversation with Brandon Santi of Blissfields and Nine Million. We got the show started off with a bleach bath cover. That's uh, his solo project, a cover of Mazzy Star's Fade Into You. In the middle there, we played Nine Million's So Familiar. And at the end, we played Blissfields Clementine, which is coming up off of their new record. Make sure you go check it out when it drops. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow whenever podcast app you're listening to. Follow us on Instagram at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. If you want to be a part of the show in any capacity, shoot me an email, banecdotes at gmail.com. Take it easy, folks, and have a safe, happy holidays.